Welcome to Take a Walk, a podcast that happens outside, with your host, Vanessa Gritton. Hey guys, it's Take a Walk. Uh, <laughs> I swear to God, I'm going to get, you know what, Adam, if you're listening, edit this out. I want to prove to them that I could do one good intro. <laughs> Hey, damn it. I'm sorry, I fucked it up. Okay. <laughs> hey, you're listening to... Hey, good intro, Vanessa. Ah, damn it! <laughs> this is going to stay in the final cut. Hello, this is Take a Walk. Hi, I'm Vanessa Gritton. Today, we've got your guest, Nadav Fleischer. That's, Hi, I'm Nadav Fleischer. This is maybe the worst intro I've ever done, and I was so ready. I was so no, ready great. to do a good one. It's the worst one. There. Uh, now it's a total disaster. Hi, Nadav. Hello, I'm Nadav Fleischer. I'm starting to do an intro. I don't know why I'm doing that. Hi, I'm Nadav. Because I already made everything uncomfortable with the worst intro I've had on Take a Walk to date. Let's just make this entire episode an intro. Yay! Let me... What? Okay. <laughs> Re- reset. Nadav is a fantastic friend of mine. He's a very funny comedian. I'm very excited to have him on today. Before I start i do want to direct people to jort center because i think it's special and great and one of the weirdest things that i've ever seen real quick it's jorts with a z jorts with an s is a different thing yep uh if you want to tell them a little bit what jort center is before we get started because it's insane and wonderful uh all right so it's my friend brian cox and i we're both comics uh yep friend of the show also ian ager who's great we're all comedians and brian cox and i don't know anything about football we play fantasy football anyways we don't know anything about them uh and we draft teams ian ager knows about football and gets mad at us a lot and whoever loses uh at the game for the week has to do some dumb fucking dare I, I regret it every day of my life because I've been pepper sprayed and eaten the ghost pepper so far, and it's just painful. Uh, Brian Cox has had half of his entire torso waxed. That it's was, a delightful photo. Uh, fun for me because the only other thing he's done is the fucking cinnamon challenge, which, whatever. Yeah, cinnamon is nothing compared to the fact that you got maced in the fucking eyes. Yeah, that really hurt. <laughs> All right, so real quick, if you ever get pepper sprayed uh, and it gets in your eyes, just pry your fucking eyes open under some running water the water will make your skin burn more but your eyes will be better and that's really what you want anyways good to know i mean i've always been a milk of magnesia gal milk never helped me well it's not actual oh, milk. milk it's milk of magnesia i don't know what that means it's uh if you've ever been to a protest or a sit-in or like have your found yourself in a riot or any reason where you might be around pepper spray milk of magnesia is like pepto-bismol mm-hmm. but it's the it's it's without the pepto bismol pink flavoring and all that yeah. shit, and it works best for pepper spray. Okay, it helps flush out your eyes and the skin around it. So if you've ever found yourself in an instance where you think you might be maced, I have milk of magnesia. It's great shit. the The problem is a lot of cops will check at protests and they'll confiscate a uh, quote unknown chemicals unquote. Oh well, it they just says like diarrhea medication uh, on it because okay. milk of magnesia is basically like what you take when you have uh indigestion so it's basically just like indigestion meds yeah it's like it's just like having pepto-bismol around because it just it's from the pharmacy and it's 
it's like having cough drops in your pocket. Okay, could work. Uh, which is dope because they can't take your unknown mm-hmm. chemicals away because they know what it is. It's for indigestion, and then you just pour it in your eyes when you get maced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to. I uh, had some uh, young adults ask me about this at a rally thing where they're just like, "What should we know?" And I was just like, "Milk of magnesia. Hide your face. Write your phone number on your thigh." Yeah. Uh, yeah, hide your face, wear something to cover your nose and mouth, because if you get mace, that's, uh, you don't want it there, yep. especially if you're like me and have asthma. I was really mad at that episode, because, uh, you, we picked pepper spray, and I was like, yo, I don't want to get pepper sprayed, I have asthma, that's asking for an asthma attack, and Brian was like, don't worry, I'll throw this one, and he tried to throw it, but we were so bad at it that he still won. Oh, Nadav. <laughs> yeah. Also, how did we get to how to protest? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely check out Jort Center. It's ridiculous and wonderful. Uh, I It's it's very near and dear to me because it's a bunch of people that I really, really love, and I just hurt my toe on this desk. Ow. And, uh, yeah, we get hurt. It's, it's a thing. That was the quietest the eagle has ever been. Okay, that's uh, I, I, I was worried I was deaf. I was like, is this like one of those deaf tests? This is a deaf test, and you failed. So uh, today, we're talking about, you've only told me a little bit about this. Yeah. It sounds deeply whimsical. The underground dodgeball game of Irvine? Uh, Simi Valley, Simi actually. Valley. It was, uh, I've lived most of my life in just a bunch of suburbs. I grew up in Irvine, and I do want to talk a little bit about that shit, but uh, underground dodgeball in Simi Valley was a thing for a while. It... um. So Simi Valley, for those who don't know, is just where like the Rodney King trials happened and also Ronald Reagan's buried there. Uh, that's all you really have to know. Um, so now we know we have to remove the head in case he comes back. Exactly. Uh, I used to work at the Reagan Library, too, and he was buried out back. Like, oh, neat. Like, where's he buried? I'm like, oh, we just keep him out back. <laughs> like a like a, like a a puppy you liked. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, Simi Valley Underground Dodgeball. Now, from what I understand, because it started before I lived in Simi Valley, it was a bunch of uh, just like Mormon choir kids who would just play dodgeball in some alley uh, behind a Costco every Friday night. And they were really good kids, well-to-do kids. They would clean up after themselves. There was no vandalism. Cops knew about it. It was on the up and up. They started inviting people. It started becoming a little bit more like a party. Uh, punk rock kids would show up. And then once those like Mormon kids all like left, the punk rock kids just kind of took over. But they kept the tradition alive of never vandalizing, uh, cleaning up at the end mm-hmm. of the night, every night. Cops would still roll by just to make sure no one was fighting. But they knew about it. They were cool with it. This and was it's your just, sandlot. Yeah, it was really fun. And it's not like there were set dodgeball teams or anything. It's like if you wanted to play, you just line up. There was one guy who would try to make sure all the teams were even. They'd shout the rules before every game. And then they'd just yell, three, two, one, dodgeball. And you just play dodgeball. And nobody was scared of getting it picked first or last because everybody was yeah. just divided up. Yeah, you just jump in and they make sure the teams are even. They'll like, the worst that'll happen is they'll go like, all right, we need three people to go on this side. That's it. Oh, how long did this go for? Um, I don't know how long it went for before I lived it, uh, there, but I think it was quite a while. It was a good year, year and a half. And then... So there were all types of kids there, and uh, there were like maybe 30 to 50 kids playing dodgeball at any moment, Uh, but there were also a lot more kids just hanging out and Mm -hmm. drinking and smoking pot and just partying. 
There was a lady who would bring her dog named uh, Teddy, and it's a giant Leon burger. It's the fluffiest dog in the goddamn world. <gasps> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So friendly, They're too. They're like couches. Yeah. Uh, I remember he laid down on my feet, and I was like, oh, that's really heavy, but it's so warm. I'm just going to let him. <laughs> um, Because, like, we were all, like, drinking in the back of my friend's pickup truck, and Teddy just jumped in the pickup truck with us. Oh, God, what a good puppy. I know. But there were also, like, there were some sketchy people who would hang out there, and they kind of, like, did that to just sort of have that white noise around them. Like, Mm -hmm. they never bothered anyone unless you bothered them, and every now and then a bro would, and there would be a fight. Mm -hmm. Uh, I saw one guy just walk towards a fight with a machete behind his back, and he just, like, what was that noise? It was supposed to be a gunshot, but I accidentally clicked Howard <laughs> Dean a bunch. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, he just like walked by holding a machete, and I just made eye contact with him, and he just winked at me <laughs> and just kept walking. Hey, kid, stay in school. <laughs> um, he just threw his machete sheath at me like Mean Joe Green. <laughs> Maybe someday you can also hack a guy that owes you money. Yep. How old were you when you played your last game of... Uh... Community Underground Dodgeball. Maybe. uh, All right. So I need to um, try to get the timeline right. I think I started going there when I was like 20. So probably 21, 22. Because here's the thing. You get all of these kids. You get some sketchy kids who don't quite know the rules. It ended up just getting too big. The -hmm. reason Underground Dodgeball happened for so long is because everyone was respectful and didn't vandalize anything. Yeah. Uh, and it was the people that kind of knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, and then I guess I showed up once and no one was there except one group of people. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? I just made some calls and figured out that some kids got there early and uh, vandalized the shit out of a car. No. So cops just waited out in dodgeball and were just like, no more dodgeball. Y'all are done. I just put on my foam fingers to yeah. celebrate the dodgeball teams. They did try to reinstate dodgeball at like a smaller alley, but it just wasn't the same. That's one of those things where you just get, it's a spark of something special and you can't believe it's lasting, that it exists yeah. and you just got to write it for as long as it can because you kind of know that it it was too much of just right, right place, right time yeah. to replicate it. Well, from what I understand, there was actually a first location before the uh, really? Costco alley and they did manage to relocate it. And I, I I think probably the first location had a different spirit, but I wasn't there for that. That was before my time. Uh, but the Costco thing was pretty special. That was just a party with dodgeball. It was a good time. I wish I could still play dodgeball as an adult without having to have like a uniform and a league and all that dumb shit. Yeah, and it was just that. I just miss jumping into a game of dodgeball or Foursquare or those great non-sporty outdoor games and it was really fun because you'd see people show up every week and just like get drunk and play dodgeball for fun and you see them kind of get good at dodgeball like i got kind of good at throwing curveballs and like really good at lasting was that uh you got good at lasting yeah because we did that a lot when we had a gym teacher Mm -hmm. uh have a baby so we just had like a substitute gym teacher so we just did dodgeball the whole time i got really good at not getting hit i was terrible at throwing but i was really good at just lasting the longest. Yeah. So just dodging the shit out of everything. Yeah. The best one, and this is underrated, there was always like 
the one kid who would get picked last because he was kind of short and stocky and like you can't run fast you can't dodge uh until we figured out he was really good at catching balls (laughs) those are so necessary on your dodgeball teams those are your ringers to get Mm -hmm. people back in you need the kid that could just take a ball to the chest and just be your wall yeah he'll just catch it it's probably the best skill to have in that game and it's so underutilized because it's also hard it's difficult do you have any friends still from playing it yeah uh i mean you know casey clark oh my god He's casey the was who on introduced it? me to that casey you all know from the brian cox episode uh i imagine casey uh had to have been good at catching it because he's a very tall man he's uh, a big old target i don't remember casey is not the sportiest <laughs> guy from what i remember <laughs> but it was just fun um because i met uh Casey in a creative writing class, and then he told me about that, and then we started hanging out more, and I went to dodgeball a bunch, Uh, and I can't remember if I met his friend, who's also become one of my close friends, Doug, through that. Mm. Uh, Yeah, so there's actually a couple of people I'm really good friends with uh, from, like, tangentially from dodgeball, and a few people who I feel bad about, (laughs) because I just keep ignoring them when they try to make dodgeball a thing again. And I was like, no, it's over. I'm an adult now. <laughs> Do you feel like group games like that are why adults have a hard time meeting other adults? Because we had that so much as a kid where it was just like, here's an opportunity for you to meet a whole bunch of other people in a really fun setting, and we don't really have anything like that as an adult. Yeah, I think that might be the case. Like, I don't know how my life would be if I didn't like have a a thing like comedy with a community because that's all my friends now. Yeah. All of my friends I've ever had are from shared things we all do together. So, like... Yeah, when you're a kid, uh, I need to put down all of these glowing foam fingers because they're (laughs) distracting me so much. When you're a kid, you have things like community dodgeball or people playing a game outside or just some kind of outdoor activity where you're put into that scenario. And as an adult, you can't really like saunter up to somebody's cool conversation and just be like, hey, you guys look fun. Can I join in? That's true. I think that's probably also why like adult kickball is a thing now. Yeah, because they want to get back to that. Yeah, it's like a growing organization. I know a guy who like quit a job doing like like a corporate job at at uh, Carl's Jr. because now he works for the Dodgeball Corporation. <laughs> uh, one thing I've always been curious about because I've noticed there is like adult kickball and yeah. dodgeball and Foursquare that is coming back. Do you think adults are getting better at going back to that time when they were kids and before that, I need to look cool kind of thing mm-hmm. went out the window and they actually gave a shit about just making friends and hanging yeah. out. Do you feel like there's a renaissance back in that where people aren't so afraid to say, will you be my friend? I'm kind of lonely. Let's hang out and do this stupid thing. I don't know. It's weird because, like, I think being forward like that is a good thing to do, like, maybe after you've been playing dodgeball with this person a couple of times Mm -hmm. and you're a known element. Uh, Because, like, you know, I've seen one of my friends get sloppy drunk at a bar and just meet a stranger and be like, you're really cool. We should be best friends. I've met a lot of women (laughs) I love that way. Uh, I guess it's different with dudes who are suspicious for each or some reason. Uh, but like when when they did that to me, it was after we hung out a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, let's be best friends. And that person was Brian Cox. Oh, <laughs> I you guys warm my heart just because I'm a I'm very vocal when it comes to 
guys need friends and boys need boys that they love and yeah. can confide in and have these friendships with. Because as a woman, I've met women in the restrooms that are still my friends uh, just because we've had like a conversation over a sink or girls at bars where they just kind of saunter up and they're like, you guys look fun. And then we ended up hanging out and now we're friends. And I feel like without dodgeball and without these baseball games mm-hmm. or these imaginary games guys have a harder time of sauntering up to a dude and being like you're cool let's hang or i like you you're fun yeah i think there's like a weird thing where we size each other up and try to figure <laughs> out like how we interact and how you act in a certain scenario like uh you know there's people who like i used to train in martial arts and there's people who like I would train with who while are not my friends are people because we punched each other a lot. I feel like I can trust them with my, with like anything. Uh, you, like, I like how you punch. You really stand your ground. I don't think you'd ever like be a coward or anything. I respect yeah. you in the samurai sort of yeah. sense. Do you feel like not having those friendships and those interactions and those outlets are kind of what leads to those guys that are just those myth- misanthropic, oh, God, I don't like yes. people, and I don't like the world, and I'm a lone wolf in an island. And I, I, I feel like there's a heavy contribution to that, that fear of just wanting to reach out and be a dude friend. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that because um, I know before I was in any kind of community, I was a lot more of a toxic person, mm-hmm. uh, very lonely. And like, yeah, I think that um, being around other people and realizing that like, while you are unique, you're not special, you know? <laughs> like, everyone's different, but also, like, you're not more important than anyone else, and it takes being really close to other people to realize that mm-hmm. and valuing other human beings. Yeah, like jump rope. Yeah. That, it makes sense in my head, but it was... I was a big, lonely weirdo until some girls invited me to play double Dutch, and it you have this thing in your head when you're a kid, when you're a lonely kid especially... It's it's like I'm the only person that has this. I'm the master of my story. I'm the only person yeah. that has these special feelings. And then you hang out with other kids and you're like, oh, this is the importance of group games because I know that you have dreams and goals and aspirations and you're not this dummy like everybody else that I assume is because you just kind of assume you're the smartest person mm-hmm. in the universe. And all of a sudden you have friends. And you're like, I'm a dumb dumb and I've been intentionally yeah. blocking myself out of social interaction. Yeah, I think there was a certain point. I can't remember when, but like there's a certain point in my life where I started to value kindness over intelligence Mm -hmm. because I'd rather hang out with a real cool, nice person who's like maybe not super smart and doesn't know what the Punic Wars are (laughs) than like a real smart dick. Yeah, I hold that dude so much. You just vocalized my entire issue with how much I love Rick and Morty but hate the fan base. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That whole... I'm I'm a lone wolf because I'm smart. And no one gets me. And it's like, well, I don't want to hang out with a yeah. lone wolf. I want to hang out with a nice person that's maybe open to learning something new. Right. Uh, than somebody that feels like their intelligence makes them superior in some way. Yeah. It's like people will say they're smart and I'll be like, all right, and? Like, and? Cool. Like, you're smart. There's a lot of smart people out there. We got to start a dodgeball league for just the entire Rick and Morty fan base. <laughs> Y'all need friends. Y'all need male friendships. You need you, you need a boy that that you can call up and hang out with, yeah. and then you won't riot for fucking nuggets nugget sauce. Nugget sauce. <laughs> I thought you were going with Nagasaki. I was like, what? I was trying to say nugget, nugget sauce, sauce, but I'm yeah. starving and stupid. Let's get some nuggets on the way back. Oh please, let's do it. 
Cause Wait, I, you were cooking stuff before we left. I know, but I still want nuggets. I'm okay, delirious. Just give that's me fine. like three nuggets. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll buy just three okay. whole nuggets. I mean, I want nuggets too. So yes. We're talking about it. I want them. <laughs> Growing up, you said you lived in Irvine as well. Yes. Was there an outlet like that in Irvine? Uh, no, Irvine was uh, just the worst place for like, okay, it's very, very suburban, like constantly one of the safest cities, but okay. To give you an idea of what Irvine was like, it just bored white suburban kids doing the dumbest shit in the world. I recently went back there with, uh, like a few months ago, I went with my ex-girlfriend who grew up in a shitty part of Brooklyn mm-hmm. and like uh, was very insulated from it, Was de- but was definitely like, I think I heard gunshots a few times when I was a kid. <laughs> so I was like showing her around the center where I would hang out because it was by my house and there was a movie theater and restaurants. And I'm like, oh, that's the movie theater where people would dr- uh, deal drugs out of the box office and they close it down because someone OD'd in the uh, projection room. And uh, that's the Del Taco where people would do heroin in the bathroom and that's the wash where they would sleep later that night. Uh, and she's like, what the fuck? White people. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, but nope, yeah, we were uh, bored suburban kids with too much money, and her, our parents weren't around that much. So, yeah. And they needed a hell of an outlet. Yep. I always get concerned. I have a six-year-old niece that lives in Los Angeles, and it bums me out sometimes that she doesn't have that vacant lot where they play some stupid imaginary game right. or that cul-de-sac for kickball. Or just that central meeting area that I feel like a lot of us had growing up. Because for us, it was an old volleyball court Mm -hmm. where we would just dig holes in and we wanted to see if we can go to China because we believed (laughs) that. But I feel like everybody really needs that central meeting place as kids because we don't really have anything like that as an adult. That's true. And it it's something that's slowly disappearing and it bugs me out. Bars as adults, which is sad. Yeah, it's you want to go get drunk and then talk about why your childhood best friend won't call you anymore. (laughs) I'm sorry, Jack. I should have taken care of your gecko better. Um, no, I didn't hydrate it enough and he got sick and died. And I understand why he doesn't, I'm sorry, Jack. Petey was a good gecko. Rest in gecko. No, I thought that'd be funny. Nope. It wasn't. Nope. Sorry. Rest in Pete Moss. Nope. (laughs) Mixing it. This is what happens when I don't eat before a podcast. I'm trying to think if there's anything other than a bar that an adult has, like a group kickball game. Because I'm noticing bars are now doing things like Giant Jenga and Connect yeah, Four. Yeah, that's true. And a lot of breweries really, do yeah, that. Yeah, a lot of breweries do that. And they really want to tap into that, hey, make friends with a stranger yeah. thing. Where do you think that gets beaten out of us? Fuck, I don't know. Like, when do you think that starts where we stop wandering up to people and asking to hang out? I don't know, because, like, I know for me personally, it was high school, because mm-hmm. I was just, like, an anxious and uh, othered, or I think I also, like, because of my anxiety, othered myself a little mm-hmm. bit in some ways, because, like, South Orange County is not the most tolerant place, yep. so... I didn't really start feeling my white privilege until high school because before that I was the Jewish kid that people picked on. And then Uh, in high school, it was mostly like non-white people. It was mostly people of color. So I was essentially white, but I just was so anxious from getting picked on that I think I ended up like finding the people who dress like me, try to hang out with them, but still didn't relate to most of them. mm -hmm. uh, And just like, had insane anxiety, which got worse when I started doing drugs. Like, it got better for a minute, then got a whole lot worse. 
so that's what I can say for me because, like, I don't know. I think it's, like, just teenagers on a fuck ton of hormones and, like, if you end up thinking you're too cool for hobbies, uh, which a lot of teenagers will feel like, yep. that's that's a real shitty thing. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like were I to ever have kids, I'd be like, not nah, you're having hobbies. You're having extra. You gotta have a you thing you like. Something. I don't care what it is. Uh, I don't even care if it's through an organization. You gotta do something. I don't care if it's a wife pillow. Find someone else that likes wife pillows exactly. and you guys can have a wife pillow party. Yeah. I think that's why conventions and very niche things have become so popular with things like LA Comic Con or Drag Con or even simple things like cat cons. Yeah. I think the reason convention conventions basically became adult four square because it's like, hey, these are people that are like you and yeah. you all like the same thing. And if you talk to anyone here, you're probably going to get along with them. Yeah. And I think that's also a lot of the reason why some of those places and like tend to be toxic because you're taking very isolated people and then mm-hmm. putting them together with a bunch of people and they're just going to act like how they act on the internet because that's what they But think. to your face. Yeah. The closest thing that, because on a scale that big, doesn't really work that well, but things like card shops mm-hmm. where you can maybe play board games yeah. with other Friday adults. Friday Night Magic the Gathering. Yeah, or like Settlers of Catan and that kind of thing. Those on a smaller scale work because if you're there, it's because you want to see people. Yeah, but even then, like, if you're a girl and you play Magic the Gathering every oh, Friday, yeah, more fucking power too. You are a goddamn trooper because I like. I dropped out out of three sessions. I don't blame you. I have one friend who goes all the time, uh, and I think the saving grace for her is she loves the game, and also her boyfriend goes to all of them with her Mm -hmm. because he's into it too. But, like, shit, the the condescending-ass stories she's told me were are awful yeah like not even just the creepy shit but the condescension you get a lot of people talking down to you because i know i used to play it at conventions as well because i was like this is my kickball i can walk into a group of strangers and be like you have these cards i have these cards let's play this game and let's do i'm Yu-Gi-Oh in this case because i got the hair but There'd be people explaining to me how to play the game, and I'm like, I just told you I have three different decks formulated for three <laughs> different things, and you're te- you're telling me like you got to make sure that you tap the card. Like, fuck you. Yeah, I just showed you three custom decks, and they all have specialized sleeps. Like, I clearly care about this. Yeah, I haven't played in so long because of that. Like, I had one guy condescend to me. It's only happened once ever because uh, I had a he had a badass opening hand and I had a more badass opening hand and I fucked his shit up <laughs> uh, I fucked on him real good and afterwards he was just like hey uh yeah that you have a good deck except that one card the one that fucked on him is yeah you should like get rid of that <laughs> I was like <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, Fine. that happened to me once uh the amount of times that happens to my friend who's a lady oh my god I I like hanging out with kids because it reminds me of a time without the condescension. Yeah. Because, like, I'll hang out with my niece and just watch her run up to someone and be like, you like my little pony? I like my little pony. (laughs) 
let's hang out on this swing set and talk about My Little Pony. And then I see adult bronies talk about the exact same subject and it's just kind of like, you can't name what order the colors are in Rainbow Dash's tail. You don't really like My Little Pony. To be fair, there's kids who are kind of like that too. I mean, mean, but not every kid's a gatekeeper as much as adults are gatekeepers. Like the gatekeeping kids different yeah but the sheer amount of adults that are like you're not a real fan is so much more yeah very true and you know it's a thing that i think when you start to get really into a thing everyone's a little guilty of it Mm -hmm. but you gotta grow past it yeah i mean i think i only half like most fandoms i don't get into them as (laughs) everybody else does i don't really have a lot of merchandise i mean except for pacific rim Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know why that's the one I latched onto, but Pacific Rim is my Star Wars. Uh, okay. I've got all of the Jaegers and the Kaijus poised. To, I've been slowly giving them away because I looked at my apartment one day and I was just <laughs> like, I have too many action figures for where I am in my life right now. All of my weird fandom things are gifted to me. I never buy anything. I'm like such a not, I'm not materialistic. I get comic books and books and that's like it. Mm-hmm. I, I just watch everything. I consume things with my eyes and ears and mind. That's a weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> I sound like people I hate. I'm sorry. What are the people you hate? Yeah. What do they do? Why do you hate them? Oh, no, just people who's like, mm, I don't watch cartoons. I osmosis them. I, I take I consume them in. They them. become part of me. Mm-hmm. Uh. What kind of mindset? You do need you th- a high IQ to get Rick and Morty. I was about <laughs> to ask a question that you just answered. <laughs> you, I was about to say, what kind of mindset do you think turns a fandom or a hobbyist into something that's trash? What what creates a toxic environment when it should just be people that like something hanging out? Yeah, I think it's deification of something. I hate it when people look at a person or Mm. a product and make it to be something that like is otherworldly is like holy Mm. you know like when you take a person and you just be like nope that person's god now they rule my universe they're smarter than everybody else does is yeah i'm i'm a stupid (laughs) no worries No, because I've I have noticed, and somebody actually pointed it out to me that the uh, Rick and Morty fan base went from zero to uh, McDonald's apologized uh-huh. to me in nothing flat, and that the Venture Brothers fan base, oh yeah, is just uh, it was uh, Hannah Michaels that pointed this out that the Venture Brothers fan base has just been patiently waiting a year and a half for a new season, and I've been trying to figure out. What is the difference between the two fan bases? And I think a big part of it is a lot of people that don't really understand nihilism, where they take it as they take nothing matters, which is a lot of the Rick and Morty mm-hmm. message, and translate it to your stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. Mine is the most important thing in the universe, but your stuff doesn't matter. And I'm trying to figure out where that gets lost in translation. That's a good point. I I don't know too much about the Rick and Morty fan base. Like, I wasn't sure where they stand on it because I don't know how you could fuck that up. <laughs> it's not like they hide it. It's not like it's an obscure reference they made to Nietzsche once. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're a philosophy major. 
Yeah, it was a uh, minor, but yeah, I studied it a little it bit. It was there. You said Nietzsche, uh-huh. and it reminded me of it. Yeah. It was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm expected to say something smart now. <laughs> you got it. There's a degree on oh, the table shit. now? Oh, they're going to take it back. They're going to take it back if you don't say something no. prolific and deep within the next 30 seconds. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, life has no meaning. You got to make it for yourself. That's existentialism. Woohoo. And that's essentially how you write Mick and Morty. <laughs> Mick you and s- Morty. You say, <laughs> you, say, uh, you say a philosophy and go, yeah, dog. <laughs> that's Rick and Morty right there. So something like, the love you take is similar to the love yeah. that you make. Wickedy, wickedy, whack. That was a Beatles lyric. <laughs> or, um. I just realized I don't really know philosophy. <laughs> oh, shit. What's a good one? Seize the means of production. There's a specter over Europe, and the specter is communism. Motherfucker. That's actually kind of cool. <laughs> this machine kills fastest. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, God, it's trying to spoon-feed a decent message to somebody, but the only part that they got was, What's up? If the universe... How do we get here? <laughs> if, the, if the universe as a whole is God, then everything has happened and will ever happen is already done, and that means that free will isn't a thing. Wickedy, wickedy, whack, whack, whack. <laughs> How did we get here from Dodgeball? No, I don't know. Oh, because tangents are fun. Oh, shit, I just had a random memory from Dodgeball. I once found a dodgeball when I was about to leave that someone had put underneath my windshield wiper as if it was a flyer. But a fully inflated dodgeball. And all that was written on it was Lil Batman and Bitch. And I was just like, I think this is for me. (laughs) Clearly this is for you. Yeah. Oh my God. Were you Lil Batman or Bitch? I don't know, but I took it as a compliment. I feel like you're a little Batman. I, I hope so. I hope that's how people view me, you know? You're you're a you're a good tiny vigilante. Oh shucks. We're getting around that time where I wanna start wrapping some stuff okay. up. But I always ask people a question in terms of like how can everybody get in on this even if they don't live near an underground dodgeball place? Right. How do you think someone should go about looking for something like that? Where they can meet other folks and put everything else away and just enjoy this thing. Get a bag full of inflatable balls. Just get dodgeballs. <laughs> Look for an alley at night that's like relatively abandoned, no cameras. Start playing dodgeball. If anyone fucks with you, invite them to play. This is the most specific advice we've ever had, and I'm for it, and I very much want to hear if anybody does this and how it works out for them. Imagine if a scary night person approached a group of dodgeball players and said, hey, get out, and then they're like, do you want to play with us? (laughs) You'd either run or join in. Yeah. Because do you want to play with us is terrifying at night. That's fair. (laughs) Oh, it has to be well lit, too, because you don't want to play dodgeball in the dark. That's no fun for anyone. I want I want a worldwide unpops dodgeball league where y'all just meet some friends and play with play with some uh was it Voight the popular brand of dodgeballs I don't know I don't know I'm just trying to remember one but that like you know fuck paying arm. seventy dollars a season to some organization that yeah does it for fuck you that that's so and dumb gives you a gym like you don't need a gym to play dodgeball 
You can play dodgeball anywhere with a flat surface. You don't need a pun name and fancy shirts. If you want that, you can do it, but you don't need it. You, if you got a decent enough decent enough driveway. Yeah. If, if you got a backyard that you're willing Backyards to let strangers wander into. I think... A, a basketball court. <laughs> a basketball court. Even better. That you know people don't usually play on. I feel like we all kind of went home with don't talk to strangers a little bit too hard and now yeah. we just don't want to talk to anyone so my challenge for you if you don't want to get a bag of balls and <laughs> meet some folks is just talk to someone you think looks cool strike up a conversation they don't have to be your best friend but just try and branch out a little bit more the way we all did when we were kids yeah that's the thing i need to do i'll, I'll take that into account yeah just just get into it with this don't actually get into it don't get into it with the street <laughs> Introduce yourself to someone new this week. Uh, I'll do that. Uh, not Maybe not in the six-year-old sense of just like, I'm six, you're six, I color, you color, but something as simple as, hey, your shoes are cool. What if I was like, hey, how old are you? And either say, I'm also that age, or I was that age, or I'm going to be that age one day. What are you, you going to do for your birthday? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the popular kid question. Do you want to build a snowman? Why did I go to Frozen? Do you want to color? Invite a friend to color. Yeah. Where can the people find you? I'm a social media ghost, but I'm working on that. Um, You can find a YouTube series I'm part of. We mentioned earlier, George Center. And if you are anywhere near the Valley on on October 25th, uh, there's going to be my comedy slash karaoke show, Castle Wolfen Show. Vanessa's going to be on it. We. we got really fun comedians. They do comedy. They do karaoke. It's a good old time. Oh, and I just remembered a thing. On Halloween, October 31st, I'm doing a sketch show at the Nerdist stage. Fun. It's called uh, Nerd Melt High. That sounds so cool. Yeah, it's going to uh, be fun. So absolutely check all of those things out. Make a friend today. Take a walk, and I love you. Bye-bye. Bye.